For the committed person, there is no failure. Hi, this is JC Hurtado Prater. Today we're talking about three ways commitment enhances resilience in your life, your leadership, and your culture. Stay tuned for episode number five of JC Talks, a leadership podcast. Well, hello. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Very excited about what we're going to talk about. Um, if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, you, you're, you're, you're seeing me in a t-shirt. And normally I don't wear a t-shirt as I record these, but it's a little bit off brand, I guess you might want to say. But it is. So I live in San Diego, California, San Diego County, and it's been up in the 70s. Uh, so this is Christmas 2020, whenever you're hearing this, and it's been up in the 70s during the day. Normally, it gets very cold at night, but not today. And so it is, uh, it's nice and warm. And I know I'm, it sounds like I'm rubbing that in to those of you who live in different parts of the country, but I promise you I'm not. But it it really is, um, I'm grateful to live here. I, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said anything otherwise. Well, let's get to it today. I'm a believer in the law of attraction. I'm a believer in the law of attraction. You when you listen to the law of attraction, you hear things that go like this. You attract who you are. Thoughts become things. This is one of my favorites. Where focus goes, energy flows. What you focus on expands. You'll never get more of what you want in life until you're grateful for what you already have. I like that one. It speaks about gratitude. Your thoughts are the primary cause of everything. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hands. You might hear that. And then another one, change your thoughts, change your life. Yes, I believe in all of it because I've seen the power of the law of attraction in my own life. I hold on to it. But I digress. I digress. We're not here to talk about the law of attraction today. But recently, I've been listening to the Indian yogi and author, Sad Guru, born Jagi Vasudev, and I hope, I hope I'm saying that right, saying that correctly. The name Sad Guru means true guru. While Sadhguru does not speak about the law of attraction per se, he speaks a great deal about this idea of human enlightenment. And in a recent video about achieving one's goals listed under the title Law of Attraction, you can find that in the show notes or in the blog. You'll find a link to that. And I highly recommend you watch it. 17 minutes, uh, 17 incredible minutes. I actually sent it to a friend today and she got right back to me. Uh, and She said, thank you so much. And uh, there were some other things going on in her life, and and, um, and she felt like she needed to read that uh, or or listen to it. Now I, I know for me, it's it's something I've been listening to almost on a daily basis. So I highly recommend that you get it. Again, the links on the blog or in the show notes. But in this in this in this talk he gives, a seventeen minute talk he gives, he says these words: "For the committed man, there is no failure." I want you to let that sink in for a brief moment. For the committed man, there is no failure. Sadhguru was discussing what he refers to as silly ideas surrounding, you know, the idea of, of success and failure. True success, according to Sadhguru, Sadhguru, is really peace within and peace without. Meaning, peace in one's inner life and peace in one's outer life. So you have 
this piece that's on the inside. And then you also surround yourself. You put yourself in situations where you can get as much peace as possible. This peace is what all human beings search for. And therefore, once attained is true success. You know, we all look for that in different ways. For some people, they get a nice car and that brings them this sense of peace without. For other people, it's a nice home. For other people, it's just a good job. For, you know, for people who live in countries where, um, you know, they may not have all the trappings that we have here in in the Western world. Sometimes it's just a good meal at the end of the day or um, something over their head to keep them uh, from the elements. Or, uh, you know... I, I'm getting way off track here, but I, uh, my daughter and I went out on Thanksgiving Eve and we went to, we do a normal date night and we were downtown San Diego and we ran into a homeless, a homeless person there. Farzad was his name. And I remember it was interesting as he talked about what he wanted out of life and we're getting ready to go to have, you know, this pizza. And I think it cost us like 75 bucks before the night was over just for two of us. And, you know, my daughter's getting hungry and she's come on, dad, let's go, let's go, let's go. She's five years old. And her idea of comfort that night was I need to get into this nice pizza place and I need to have my little root beer and uh, I'm going to sit with my dad and, and we're going to enjoy pizza together. And this gentleman that I talked to that night, Farzad, his idea of comfort, his idea of peace that night was this little box that he had or this little this little container that he had. And, and in that container was some food and it was leftovers that somebody gave him. And he was telling me, he was telling me about his life and how I'll probably do a blog post on this or a, a podcast on this one. Uh, just because it was so impactful for me, but he was telling about about his life and some of the mistakes he made. And he just said, you know, I've placed myself here. And he said, you know, this is where I'm at in life right now, but I know it's going to get better. And, and he looked at this, this container he had in his head and he just said, I'm, I'm just so grateful for this. And so that, that on, in his stage of life at 28 years of age, homeless on the streets of San Diego, uh, what brought him peace was this idea of a container with somebody's leftover food. And uh, that brought a lot of, that brought a lot of, uh, what is that that you call it? It, it, it? it brought a lot of context to my own life that night. Way off track there, but what I'm saying is that all human beings, no matter what station you're at in life, we all seek out this idea of peace, right? That's what true success is. And so success looks different for you than what it does for me. You know, whatever brings you peace might not bring me peace. Um, but that's what true success, at, at least according to Sadhguru, that's what true success is. And then he talks about this idea of failure. And on, on failure, he says these words, there is no such thing as failure, only lessons. I like that. If a man tries a thing 99 times and it does not work, he has learned 99 lessons on how to not make the thing work. And then he follows those words where he talks about failure by saying this, for the committed man, there is no failure. Of course, just so you know, to be PC here, Sadhguru is referring to both men and women here. He just happened to say, man, at least I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But as we talk about it for the rest of our time, we obviously know it's for men and women. When I first heard these words, I was sitting in my kayak in the middle of Mission Bay here in San Diego. I bought one when the lockdown happened. They closed up all the gyms, and so I knew I needed to do something. And boy, that's just been a huge investment, paid for itself many times over. So anyhow, I was sitting there in the middle of Mission Bay, and uh, I'm listening to this in a place I like to visit often. And again, I bring some good meditation, a podcast, or 
you know, bring whatever I can do so I can sit there and reflect while I'm out there kayaking. And on this particular day, I'd found Sadhguru. Now, I'd heard about him before, but on this particular day, I pulled up my YouTube videos and he was on my recommended uh, videos list. So I pressed the play button and I heard him say those words and they absolutely moved me. If I can be honest with you, I would admit to you that I have failed often in my life. That could be a whole, that could be a whole podcast on its own. I'm in my 40s now, but in my 20s, my 20s were riddled with one failure after another. You know, the other day when I was meeting with, well, not meeting with, but when I ran into uh, Farzad in downtown San Diego, uh, I was thinking about him at 28. And at 28 years of age, that was the age I started to get my life turned around. I'm, I'm, I'm 41 now, so it's been a, a journey to get my life turned around. But up until that age, I had made horrible mistakes in life. Um, I, 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 I felt for him on that night because I, I know what it means to make a lot of mistakes and to land yourself in a situation where you don't want to be. So my 20s, like Farzad, like some of you who are listening in today, were riddled with one failure after another, or what I always had termed as failures. I had relationship failures, work failures, financial failures, leadership failures, academic failures, got kicked out of a few different colleges, got kicked out of high school, got kicked out of a couple different colleges transitional failures, you name it, and I had probably failed at it. At times, if I'm not careful, even today, I live in the shadow of these failures. So like those of you listening in who have experienced any level of failure, when I hear somebody say something like, there is no failure, I stop and I take notice. And in a year like 2020, when so much pain has happened, the ongoing pandemic, the ongoing economic fallout, the social unrest the world witnessed during the summer months, and the divisive election that followed. I'm sure that there are those who look at this year as one big, gigantic failure. Even more heartbreaking are those who look at this year, and they look at their lives, and they observe the unintended consequences from the economic hardship our world is currently facing and label themselves as failures. Maybe that's you today. Asking questions like, how could I have lost that money? How could I have spent my entire kid's college fund on rent or food or whatever it was? How in the world did I lose that job? Why don't I have another job yet? How in the world did I lose that leadership position that I so valued? And quite honestly, there are those reading this post or listening to this blog or, or listening to this podcast who have actually made mistakes that cost them jobs, you know, cost you jobs or finances or relationships or leadership status, regardless of the ongoing pandemic or economic woes. So there's some of you listening today that that something ha has happened this year in, in your professional life and, and, you know, you lost and in a year like this year, when, you know, when management and leadership is looking for anything to cut, you know, maybe you weren't doing the right thing. And so you, you lost out, you lost on your, you know, job or leadership. Uh, but I want to put all of that behind us. I, I speak these words today uh, for the leader or the former leader who considers himself a failure after a year like 2020. Listen again to the words of Sadhguru. For the committed man or woman, there is no failure. What do these words mean? What does it mean to remain committed through failure? 
How does the character trait of commitment help a person become a greater leader? How does commitment ensure a healthy culture? How can commitment help a person to persevere through economic hardship and uncertainty? For the person, the leader, the manager, the culture, the team, or the organization that remains totally committed, there is no failure. And this is what I'm going to talk about in the rest of our time on this podcast. There's no such thing as failure, and here's why. Three reasons, three things. Number one is this, total commitment enhances focus. So if you're totally committed as a person, a leader, a manager, culture, a team, if you're totally committed, uh, that total commitment will enhance your focus. When there is total commitment, there is focus. I want you to think about a relationship, and it could be a partner or a spouse or a child or a parent. When you're absolutely committed to them, your focus remains on them. For a committed partner or spouse, they're not looking around, right? If you're committed, you're not looking around for another partner or spouse. If, if you're truly committed. For a committed parent, I'm, you know, I'm a parent. Maybe you're a parent who's listening to this. I'm not involved in the lives of other children. Besides that, you know, if, if you're not a teacher or a child care worker, that, that probably would seem kind of weird. And I'm not either one of those, or at least a teacher for uh, young kids. But I would consider myself a committed parent, and my focus is on my children. My focus is on my daughters, my five-year-old daughter specifically. The committed person remains focused. Focused on what, right? Focused on your purpose and on your vision. In the consulting space, we call this a niche. The independent consultant or consulting firm has a clear focus on the type of problem they solve and the primary industry they solve the problem for. This niche helps the firm to remain focused on their slice of the pie, as opposed to being all things for all people. When a firm experiences challenges as as a result of losing focus, they can always come back to their niche as a starting point. Recently, I heard a minister, uh, a minister that I look up to and I listen to a lot of his stuff, I heard him talking about what is called the carrot principle. So let me let me take a few minutes and just explain to you what the care principle is. And I think you might you might want this for your own life. He was detailing how in recent years he has come to be friends with the largest carrot producer in the entire. It's one of the largest carrot producers in the entire world. So this is probably a gentleman who's done very well for himself, has built um, an incredible company, uh, but it's all based on carrots. Uh, He's based out of Bakersfield, California. So this minister was talking about taking a flight, going up there and visiting this, this, this carrot farmer, right? And he gets there and he asked the questions. So he gets a tour of the entire compound and there's all this stuff going on. And you're thinking, how in the world? And all these different products that the carrot is used for. And he's thinking, how in the world? How does all of this come from just a simple carrot? Uh, And at that moment, the farmer introduced to the minister, what he calls the carrot principle. On a sheet of paper, he drew a carrot with a circle around it. And from this circle, he began to draw these lines, right? All kinds of different lines. And at the end of each line, he wrote something different, right? So in the middle of it, he had the word carrot and then a circle around it. And then all these lines that went out from this this circle. And at the end of each line, he wrote things like carrot juice, carrot pudding, carrot seed oil, carrot cake, carrot bread, carrot chips, baby carrots, full carrots, and so on and so forth. He went on and on naming 
different products that come from that central focus of the carrot, that central product, which is the carrot. So what's the point I'm trying to make here? The farmer's primary focus was the carrot. His sole purpose was to grow and harvest good carrots that would in turn become the basis, the foundation for all of the aforementioned products. The total focus of this man's life was the carrot. One thing, not many things, just one thing. So my question for you is, as you're listening to this today, I want you to think about this. What is your carrot? What's your carrot? What's the one problem that you are working to solve? What's the one product that you're trying to create? What's the one thing that you believe that you were placed on this earth to do and to do well? What is your, what we would call a North Star? When you can answer these questions as a person or a leader, a manager, team, a culture, an organization, there is no failure. Sure, there will be setbacks, there will be disappointments, there's going to be loss, there's going to be hard choices, but there is no failure. When you encounter a hard, a hard season, you're able to uh, look to your North Star. So whatever it is that, that, that purpose, your, your vision, your, your carrot, whatever that is, whenever you hit a hard season, a setback in life, you can look back to, you can look to that North Star, to that carrot, to that purpose, that vision, and, 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 and you can say that this is still what I'm meant to accomplish. Yes, I've experienced some disappointments. I'm experiencing some setbacks right now, but I know that this is what I was born to do. You may have to adjust. You may have to pivot. You may have to move locations. You may have to change team members. You may have to even change your mindset. However, your North Star remains the same when you are totally committed to your vision and your purpose. Find your North Star. Keep your eyes focused on it. Even through setback, you'll have a guiding purpose to mark the journey before you. I got to tell you, I'm in a season of transition in my own life. And I've talked about that on a couple of the, uh, the previous podcast. And it's a good season of transition. It's a, it's a season that I need to be. And I actually was talking with the gentleman today and uh, he's a businessman that I look up to a great deal. And he was even uh, affirming that this is a good time, e even in the spite of the pandemic and COVID, this is a good time to transition. But I will tell you in the last few weeks, there have been times that I've that I, you know, well, the doors aren't opening as quick as I thought they would, or, you know, such and such has not happened in the way I wanted it to, or um, things aren't taking off as fast as I, so maybe I should run over here and do this. Maybe I should run over here and do this. But it was, it, it, it was either at the end of last year, or at the, I think it was the beginning of this year, that I took a real deep dive on my own life and, and asked this question, what's my own carrot? And then when I heard this, I actually heard this story this past summer, I went back and just reviewed it just to make sure that I'm on, uh, you know, that I'm on point. And what I came down to myself is, you know, my circle was teacher. In the middle of that was teacher, right? I'm passionate about leadership development, culture, personal development. And so I was able to draw a circle around that and say that you are a teacher, your subjects are leadership development, culture development, personal development. And so as long as I stay in that circle, and I will tell you that ever since the beginning of this year, once I've been able to define that, some incredible doors have opened up this year, all surrounding that little circle there. And every time I'm doing something that's involved in that circle, right, that circle of teaching and teaching on subjects like leadership development or organizational development, culture development, personal development, anything within that realm of development, 
um, I know it's my North Star. And so I will tell you that this is important for you because if you're not careful and you get in a season of transition like I'm in right now, you get a little bit off your balance. You start thinking, oh, you know, it's, maybe I should do this or this opportunity over here or I should do this. And, 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 you know, it helps you to get yourself focused in and say, no, 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 this is what I was born to do. Transition might be tough. It might be hard. It might be anxiety inducing at times, but it doesn't change the fact that this is what I was born to do. And so I'm going to encourage that for you because you might be in a good season right now, but at some point you're going to go into a tough time. You're going to go into a a period of transition like myself or a period of change. And when you know what you're meant to do, it will help you push through that because you know what's on the other side of it. I have a good friend of mine. His name is Jimmy. And I remember we went out to dinner. Uh, This is, this is probably a year ago. Maybe, maybe this was over a year ago, maybe almost two years ago. And we sat in a Chili's restaurant and I remember he and I were on this journey together. Let's figure out what our main focus in life is and then let's just get all in on that main focus. And he knew that day, you know, we'd both been asking each other questions and I'd, I'd happened to ask him some good questions. And he sat down and he said, I know what it is. It's real estate. I know that this is what I was born to do. And I'll be darned, that is exactly what he's born to do. Now, we knew that uh, ahead of time because all signs were pointing to that and he... It, if you watch this guy, I don't get passionate about talking about real estate. My eyes will glaze over. I don't understand it. It, it, it. It's it's not the most exciting thing to me. But when you talk to someone who really cares about real estate, not just making money, but really cares about real estate, property, buying, selling, the whole process of all of it, because you're going to lose money in it. But when you talk to someone who really loves it, their eyes light up and they start twinkling and they and then go in all the details about what this means. I can't even I can't even pretend to know. So he knew that. But I'll tell you what. And he would say this in the last couple of years since we've had that conversation, he's had some transitions, too, and some moves and that kind of stuff. He would say this, that knowing that that is my North Star, knowing that that is my guiding light, that that is my purpose on life is to do real estate and not to do real estate to make money, although Obviously, you want to make money, but I remember he lit up talking about, I, I want to put people in homes and I want to help other people achieve their goals and their dreams. Uh, that just lit his fire. And I know that that has helped him through some season of transition. I want the same for you, right? So going back to this idea for a totally committed person, there is no failure. Why? Because a totally, comp- a totally committed person is focused on what they need to be focused on. And the only way to be focused is if you know what it is you're supposed to be focused on. Um, so my encouragement to you, and that's, that's a whole nother podcast. It's a whole nother blog post. My encouragement to you is to work hard to find that purpose. Work hard to find your vision, what you were created to do. And then you stay on that as long as you can. And we're going to talk about that. So total commitment in, um, enhances your focus. Secondly, total commitment enables evolution. Enables evolution. Again, no failure, right? So we want to talk about this. Focus leads to evolution. The vision does not change. So once you know your purpose, once you know your your vision, that doesn't change. But the methods are always evolving, or at least they should be. The methods are always evolving. I won't belabor this next point, but I want you to think of the old company called Kodak. Some of you are asking, who? (laughs) Who's Kodak? If you're under the age of 30, you may have no idea what I'm even talking about. 
But since the dawn of picture taking, you know, we tend to think in this day and age that, you know, all oh, people are just so about themselves and selfies. And no, no, no. Ever since the camera was invented, people have wanted to take pictures of two things, either themselves or things that fascinate them. Right. And it might be other people. Other people may fascinate them. But that's that's the two. I want to take pictures of myself or things that fascinate me. Right. So that's that's been around forever. So this isn't new. What we're seeing today, human human beings have ever since they could see a reflection. They've wanted to know and, and they wanted to to view that reflection as much as possible. At one point, the company Kodak had almost the entire market share for photo taking. Right. Back to the 80s and early 90s, one would never leave their home. I don't know if you remember this without your Kodak camera. Right. The greatest innovation was what was called the disposable camera. You remember those? The disposable camera. You could purchase one of these cameras at Walmart before your vacation and you could take it was something like 12 or 24 or 36 pictures per camera. It depends on how much you wanted to pay. And then you return that camera back to the same one. I always got mine at Walmart. There are probably other, other locations as well. But I returned mine back to Walmart and they would develop these grainy pictures. <laughs> you remember those? I still have some copies of those. And, and you know. These phones today are absolutely unbelievable. They take, they take, I'm, we would have died to have uh, this in our hand back when I was a kid. But back in the day, it was all about the grainy picture, right? But at least it was a picture. So you develop these grainy pictures and uh, you'd have them returned back to you in about three to five days. They would develop the pictures and return them back to us within three to five days. And then the cell phone came along. More, more specifically, <laughs> Steve Jobs came along. And Kodak, uh, Kodak failed to evolve. Today, millions of pictures are taken and uploaded every single day around the globe. I mean, you're probably on social media at some point. If you're not on there, you at least know if somebody who's on there. And you know that, that you know, pictures of Instagram is all about the picture. And I don't have the numbers in front of you, but it's, it's you know, for all the platform, it, millions of pictures taken every single day. Very few if any, are taken by Kodak. That's important for you to know. So the carrot, which was taking, taking the photos, taking pictures, never changed, right? People have always wanted to take pictures of themselves or of others. But the method using a handheld phone did. However, as you know, Kodak didn't change with it, right? So they got left, left behind in the dirt. The committed person, leader, manager, team, culture, organization will evolve in how they accomplish their carrot. You can see the importance of knowing what your carrot is. When you look at the story of Kodak and you see what happened to them, it's very easy for you to say, you know what? Okay, I understand that. I understand that. You know, this company failed to evolve. They thought everybody would always want to carry around this awkward big camera and go turn it in and have to wait for a few days, you know? Um, and so they didn't evolve. Picture taking never changed. People never wanted to stop taking it, but, but, but the method surely has changed. Knowing your purpose and vision is not enough. You have to be willing to evolve. Kodak always knew what their purpose and vision was. Let's help people take pictures of themselves. Let's help people create memories, but they didn't want to evolve. And uh, so where are they today? As we shared earlier, evolution during a time like 2020 could mean changing your mindset, changing your location, changing team members, pivoting your strategy, you get the idea. 
for the totally committed person, they do not seek to change their purpose or position when they say when they face a setback. They simply change the blueprint. So you go through a tough time. It's not about saying, okay, well, that didn't work. Obviously, I'm not meant to do this. You know, maybe you've been gifted with a really good voice or, uh, 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 you know, the talent of, of teaching or art or you're a great business person, you're a great leader, um, a great mom, great nurse, great doctor, whatever it is. And, you know, imagine if you'd given up the first time you took a test and it didn't work out or the first time as a leader, right? Let's say you're a great leader. And I think if you're listening to the podcast, you're about a foot taller than most leaders. But let's say the first time you had a leadership failure, you said, that's it. I'm washing my hands. This is not for me. I'm done. Um, you would have missed out, right? So you have to stay committed to that because you're going to face setbacks. You're going to face setbacks, but it doesn't mean you stop being a leader. It doesn't mean you stop doing what you are meant to do. It doesn't mean you, you stop on your purpose or your vision. It just means that sometimes you have to change the blueprint. If you've been in leadership situations as I have been, where my leadership style in one place, and I took that same leadership style to another place, and it didn't work, failed in so many ways. It wasn't about the fact that I wasn't a good leader, although those people, especially the, the initial people who were there on the team where it wasn't working, they probably thought, well, this guy's a horrible leader. But it, it didn't mean that I was a bad leader. It just meant that I needed to change up my strategy. I needed to change up my blueprint. Same for you, right? A totally committed person understands I've got to change the blueprint. So, so what about you? If you have faced the setback in 2020, what are you doing to evolve? Are you willing to make the hard choices in order to become more viable in 2021? Evolution is difficult. Growth requires transition. Growth requires change. But you know the saying. I know the saying. Evolve or die. Setbacks are no excuse for throwing in the towel. Setbacks simply mean it's time to change. So the question I have for you is this. What are you going to change in 2021? Or, you know, we've still got a few days left in 2020. What are the things that you're going to change? And we talked about this a little bit last, last week. What are those things that you're going to change to get ready for 2021? those things that you're going to evolve on, okay? So number one, we know that uh, total focus enhances your focus. Total focus enables uh, evolution. And then finally, I want to talk about the idea that total commitment, I'm sorry, total commitment. I said total focus. Total commitment enhances your focus. Total commitment enables empowerment. And total commitment ensures finishing, for the committed man, there is no failure. Why? The committed person finishes what they start always, 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 always. Now, I don't want you to think that there's no such thing as failure. There is. Simply put, failure is quitting. Nothing more and nothing less. Of course, there are many things that we should quit in life. Bad diets, Bad relationships, toxic cultures, toxic leadership, negative mindsets, gossip, jealous, uh, jealousy, envy, resentment. You get the idea, right? There are things in life that you need to change and I need to change, that we need to quit, that I need to quit. In addition, all of those things that are keeping you from your purpose and vision, you got to quit those things as well. So there are things in life that we need to quit. However, your purpose and vision, once you know what those are, 
they must remain. Not, nothing should ever take you from pursuing and accomplishing these outside of death. This is total commitment. You know your purpose, you know your vision, and you remain focused on it. You evolve in order to ensure sustained success. It's, it's one thing to have one success, two successes, three successes, but sustained success over years and decades. That means that you're evolving, right? So you've got to be able to do that. And, and, and then you see your project through until completion. You do not quit. You don't give up. With this total commitment, you will never experience failure, only setbacks and lessons. Seek peace, peace within, peace without. Never rest until you find it. Keep pressing forward. You know, today I was sharing with you earlier that I had a great phone conversation. It was, it was actually a FaceTime. And this is a gentleman that I have not heard from in a long time. Uh, we, uh, uh, we, you know, but, but we pick up, it's the kind of friendship where you pick up every four or five years or whatever. And it's like you, you know, you pick up where you started or where you last left off. And this guy was somebody that um, I, I used to work with him back when I was in Indiana. We both live out here in California, but I used to work with him back in Indiana. And I was always impressed. So here's what we did together. So this guy, and I call him a businessman. He probably would not necessarily like that term. But the reason why I call him that, he was actually, he's actually a piano player that traveled and played at, at different churches. That's what he, his entire career for about 30 years was doing that. Now, if you know anything about the world of traveling and doing music, and so how I met him, I forget how that happened. But we met, and at the time I sang, and so somehow it was a kind of a match made in heaven. And whenever he was out in my area, I would just go around, you know, with him and do some dates with him. And he gave me a little platform time and some pretty cool stages and pretty cool churches. But I remember watching this man. And at the time, I always thought, well, this is an easy career to get into, right? If you're just talented, people pick up the phone and call you. And that's not how it works. You can be as talented as you want. But if you don't know how to sell, if you don't know how to market yourself, you know, your business isn't going to take off. So he spent... Um, I mean, every time I saw him, he was always about the next gig, uh, the next sale, the next mark. You know, he was constantly thinking. Um, but then the, the church world evolved and his style, you know, a piano player traveling to different churches and doing Sunday night services, that pretty much has gone away. Because, you know, if you know anything about the evangelical church world today, uh, they're not even doing Sunday night services. You know, back when I was a kid, a lot of churches, they did, it was like Wednesday night and they'd have Sunday morning and Sunday school. Everyone went to Sunday school and then everyone came to service. And then you'd come back Sunday night for church service. Then you'd have these things called revivals and people would come in and, uh, you know, they would be there for an entire week. I remember that was the most painful. It'd be, it'd, it'd be like a Sunday through a Friday and you'd have to sit there and listen to this guy drone on and on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just like I'm doing right now. <laughs> But my friend today, anyway, back to the point I'm trying to make, my friend who was in this world, it was master in terms of what he did. He was a master businessman, but he had multiple streams of income. So anyway, when the church evolved and realized we don't do this anymore, and he realized, well, this is my talent, this is my skill, uh, he, he evolved in his own life. And so he figured out new markets to go to, new countries where he could do what he did, and make a lot of money and have a lot of impact. And so that's what he did. And so I was really impressed with this idea of that if he had had the mindset that, oh, my goodness, all these churches aren't calling me anymore. I'm done. I'm done. So I'm going to have to change up gears and I'm going to have to, you know, I'm never going to be able to do this again. I'm, I'm done. I don't know where his, his, his career would be today. 
But I remember he spoke a little bit with pride today and saying, you know, I was able to, I, I, you know, I was able to pivot. He had, he had, he had some real estate, you know, ventures. He had some money in real estate. Um, he had some businesses. He is from India. So he's got some things going on over there, but he was able to pivot and he's doing just fine today. And so that's the, that's the lesson. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you're at in 2020. I don't know if this has been a good year for you or a negative year for you, but I want to encourage you evolve, pivot, do whatever you need to do. Stay committed, stay at it. Don't quit. Don't back down. When you're committed to what your purpose is, you're committed to what the vision is. You don't stop. You keep going. No matter how tough 2020 has been for you, you just keep going, right? And you recognize that even if this has been a tough year for you, these are all lessons. So these are things you don't do. Now, here's the key. You can't do these things next year, okay? Right? So if you made some mistakes this year, whatever those may be, relationships, you know, mistakes, partner mistakes, professional mistakes, and whatever those are, if you've made mistakes this year, next year, don't make those same mistakes. That's part of being committed, right? These are all lessons. So you write them all down, you journal, you reflect, you say, okay, I'm not doing that again. I'm not making that same decision again. But even if you do, even if you happen to make a stupid mistake again, well, then you just repivot again, and you try again, but you just don't stop. So I want that for you as the leader who's discouraged, for the manager who's, who's discouraged and you're trying to get your people motivated, they're working from home, remote work, and maybe numbers aren't what they should have been this year. I, I don't know. I'm also hearing about a lot of companies where the numbers even better this year. So, that's, so you've got that too. But if you're in, in a different category and, and, and 2020 has not been a great year for you, I want to encourage you to stay committed. Know, know, know what your purpose is. Evolve so you can stay, stay relevant in your purpose and your vision. And then don't quit. Stay in the game. That's all I got for you today. That's it. For, for the committed man, there is no failure. For the committed man, there is no failure. That was extremely impactful for me. I hope it was for you too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, episode five of JC Talks Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for listening today to JC Talks, a leadership podcast, episode five. Uh, I want you to know that I am a trainer, a consultant, would love to have the opportunity to work with you, with your team, with your organization remotely, in person. No, we're not doing it in person anytime soon, but remotely, would love to have a chance to do that. I center around the ideas of strategy and culture, leadership development, cultural development, people development. We'd love to have a chance to work with you. You can find all the information down below. You can email me directly at jc at jchp.co. You can find me on my website, jc, uh, jchp.co. Find me there and reach out to me. I'd love to have a chance to work with you and your team. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of JC Talks, the Leadership Podcast. Take care. Take care.